All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, we we thoroughly hope you enjoyed last week's show because we had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, it's easily been one of our <laughs> most listened to shows. So uh, either you're back for more or um, or I don't know. I don't know. It just was. <sighs> But uh, you're you're either back for more or you're just a glutton for punishment. We really don't know, but we're really glad you're here. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we are uh, eight days uh, from the NFL draft kicking off and from the basement of Roger Goodell, I might have. <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking so forward to the different uh, uh, things we're going to see out of this virtual type draft. Uh, I'm sure Goodell will have a, a bookcase behind him with like 3 million books he's never read, but it, be that as it may. Uh, joining me tonight are uh, Ben and Ian, and we are going to talk some Steelers draft prospects. We'll talk offensive side of the ball tonight, and then we'll uh, uh, talk defensive side next week in uh, in preparation for the draft coming up. Of course, the Steelers likely won't be very active on Thursday night next week anyway with no first-round pick. But, hey, you never know. But uh, I feel pretty confident in saying they will not be on the clock until Friday of next week. Uh, Ian, uh, how are things in PA? I I understand you are under a mask uh, order now there. We are under a mask order, yes. Um, So people who are going out are supposed to wear masks. And if uh, you're looking for a little DIY project at home and want to make sure you don't catch the coronavirus, go on eBay, see if you can grab some of Dante Moncrief's old gloves and make a mask out of those because you certainly won't catch anything. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Uh, Poor Dante. Uh, Ben, you you guys out out there, you don't have nearly the uh, restrictions that, that we have here in the Midwest, do you? Apparently not. Uh, we no. still are not under a mask warning or, or requirement, rather. Right, right, uh, we, right. People are pretty observant. They're pretty vigilant about this whole social distancing thing, though. And like I, I take my dog out and walk him and people, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they've always avoided me anyway. But now they, well, you know, they've got an excuse and they walk around me and, you know, it's like, oh, OK, that's cool. Um, I don't wear a mask if I'm out walking him, though. I, right. I, I, you know, I the whole point of of getting exercise is to expel carbon dioxide, get that out of your body, not to uh, breathe sixty percent of sixty or seventy percent of it back, back in. in like you do with a mask. So, <laughs> no, I don't do that. Um, but I guess you guys have to, Ian. Have at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're we're definitely asked to when we're in public. I mean, I'm, I'm like you, Ben. I walk the dogs and. And uh, don't wear anything like that. But if I go into the grocery store or something yeah, to that effect, yeah. then, then yes, store, I will. But, yeah. any, any place I'm going to be, I might be in close proximity to people, like within six yeah. feet for some reason. Yeah, I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, otherwise, no. Yeah, it's uh, it's the world we're in, but uh, this is also the world people want to avoid, and that's why they're here, to listen to some Steelers talk, and that's what we'll do. So, yeah. Um, let, let's uh, obviously we'll spend time on uh, the positions that we think are going to be more of a potential, uh, you know, for the Steelers to draft um, running back offensive line, whatever, but uh, we'll, we'll just start at the top and, and, 
go to the quarterback position. And, you know, I don't think any of us are making any declarations about anything uh, tonight or on the defensive show in terms of, yes, that's who they're drafting or anything like that. We just want to kind of inform you on guys that, that we know they're looking at, guys we know they've talked to, guys we know they've seen, so so on and so forth. Um, so Ian, we'll, we'll start right with the quarterbacks and stuff. And, um, I, in fact, I'm going to throw this out to you first because it, it's been kind of the flavor over the last couple of weeks. And then Mel Kuyper jumped on the bandwagon suggesting Jalen hurts to the Steelers at 49. Um, what is your overall thoughts on him as a quarterback going into the professional ranks? Well, for starters, I don't trust quarterbacks from Oklahoma. The whole state, not just the University of, but also Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, I don't really trust Big 12 quarterbacks in in general, um, but specifically those from Oklahoma. One major exception. Don't trust them. Yeah. What what major exception? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I believe. Landry Jones, come on. (laughs) Oh, you mean Big Big 12 quarterbacks. Okay, I thought you were talking about Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. Yeah, once. I guess we gotta make the Landry Jones exception, right? Yeah, well, of course. Uh, no, no, we don't. We no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was that was a joke for the comedy. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you um, know, I, but but what I don't understand is why they think Hertz would be a guy that the Steelers would look at. I mean, he he doesn't check a lot of the typical boxes of a Steelers quarterback. I, I mean, I it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I. I so so why why do they keep mocking him? I don't get it. It it doesn't make sense, but what people are looking at and you would think that national people would be smarter than this, but they're not mm-hmm. is they're looking at the Steelers had the 31st ranked passing offense last year, yeah. largely because we had Mason Rudolph checking down all the time and then a literal duck hunter coming in to play quarterback. Um <laughs> and it is it is a quarterback's league. I mean, quarterback's what wins you a Super Bowl. And the Steelers had the 30th ranked offense overall, 31st ranked passing attack. So um, I, I think the thought process for a lot of people b- that do this that are mostly national people, you'll notice hardly yeah. any local people are mocking quarterbacks. The Steelers is that, you know, the Steelers can't go through another year that if 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 Ben gets hurt, they don't have a viable backup. And mm-hmm. really, the most important thing for the Steelers in 2020 is a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, even if they would draft a quarterback at 49 he's not coming in and doing much more than what Mason Rudolph did last year. I mean, it's just, it's not, they need Ben Roethlisberger to run this offense because they literally have an offensive coordinator who is essentially handpicked by Ben to run the offense Ben wants to run. And unless you're getting a quarterback, that's a Ben Roethlisberger clone in there, it's not going to be the same. So my take on the quarterbacks this year is no, no, I mean, getting Ben back is the number one thing, but just say no to any quarterback whose name starts with a J. I'll lead with Jameis Winston, <laughs> Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, Jake wow. Rom. Just say no. Did, yeah, did you... Jordan Love. What What is that about? I, mean, I don't honestly, get that either. The guy, he has terrible, awful habits. He Half of the great, great throw, exactly the great throws that that the draft Knicks keep highlighting. Those would be picks in the NFL. I don't understand the love affair with the guy. Yeah, in college, you're right. That's a great throw. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. college. That is not the NFL. An NFL corner is picking that ball off nine times out of ten, not one out of twenty, like in college. I just don't understand the love affair with the guy. I don't get it. Um, 
you know, I, I guess you could coach him out of some of those habits, but it would take years, literally years of yeah. him doing nothing but practicing in a controlled environment and never playing. Is, That's is not a guy f- you invest a high round draft pick in. I, I no. don't think so either. Is the thought process with a guy like that though, Ben, is that, that, you know, he had the one good year, then he had basically a whole new offensive line, new coaching, uh, new, new skill guys. I mean, is, is the idea that some of these NFL guys think, Oh, well, I can coach this kid up and I can get rid of those problems. Well, coaches always think that, always. Yeah. And, True. you know, it's it's the scout's job, though, to look at those guys and scrutinize what they're really capable of based upon what they've done, not what they right. can do if they're coached properly. So you have to balance the two, and that's why True. you have a team like the Steelers where the general manager has the final say in the draft. The coach obviously has heavy input, has heavy mm-hmm. say, but – without getting buy-in from the GM, he's not getting that player. So, I mean, basically you just, you temper, you temper these wishes with reality and you, and you've got right. a collaborative approach to the overall draft process. And, uh, you know, they always think that always, always, That's um, true. Yep. I don't think that, that he, he's getting hype because of coaches saying that they think they can change the guy. I think he's getting hyped because people want another Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sorry, Jordan Love ain't Patrick Mahomes. He's not. Yeah, he throws the ball on the move. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have Mahomes' arm. Not even maybe. He doesn't have Mahomes' accuracy. And that's not to say that Patrick Mahomes is all that accurate. But he doesn't even have that level of ability. No. And I don't think he's as fast either. So, I, you know, but people, it's a copycat league. Mahomes is a darling right Bingo. now. They're yep. looking for that guy. You know, just like they were with Rodgers, with Ben, with Rivers, to a degree with Eli. I mean, when Eli yep. won Super Bowls, everybody was looking for the, the next Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So do go ahead. Do, do yeah. Do either of you just to kind of to 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 move it along? Do either of you believe the Steelers will draft a quarterback anywhere in this draft next week? No. Well, man, probably not. Probably yeah. not. I, you never say never. Right. But I would say the chances are like, oh, one in a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm there too. I don't see it happening. I, I just. Yeah. We I, talked about this last week, but if Tua falls to them at 49, right. then I mean, that's worth it. Right. No, yeah. otherwise, no. Um, one other note that I have on this draft class is that Joe Burrow went 15 and 0 last season with LSU, presumed mm-hmm. number one pick for the Bengals. Right. Uh, over the last. Three years combined, the Bengals have won 15 games. So <laughs> he is uh, stepping into a situation that you know will uh, will certainly be different than what he had at LSU. Uh, slightly, yeah. Well, I you know a lot of people talk about how he never loses uh, wherever he's played college, high school. You know, they said the same thing about Carly Kyler Murray too, and he didn't exactly have a winning season. They last say the year, same. So. They said the same thing you about know. Johnny Fuckstein. I mean, uh, sorry, Menzel. <laughs> Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel. He's a winner. He's been a winner everywhere his whole yeah. life, and he'll Guy's keep winning. Winner. He was a fucking loser. Well, is he? Does he play football anymore? No, I guess he doesn't. Uh, I don't. Really uh, let's move to the running backs because these are far more interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I've done profiles on a few of these guys: Cam Akers of Florida State, uh, J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State, and and you know, both of those guys to me 
uh, pretty comparable. Uh, obviously, they have some traits a little bit better than the other in some areas and vice versa. Um, but it, it is fascinating to see where people are trying to slot running backs for the Steelers. Um, you know, Ian, are there any guys that you've had a chance to look at that you're like, yeah, okay, this is a guy I can see being a Steeler or, or maybe not. I'll tell you what I've it's, this class is really tough to read because I'm, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2013 class when there was no, no running backs picked in the first round, and then there was a big run on them in the second mm, round. Mm-hmm. Um, Gio Bernard was the first one taken that year. We got Le'Veon Bell as the second back off the board when um, you know everyone everyone pretty much wanted um, Eddie Lacy from Alabama who wound oh, up going God, to Green yes. Bay because um, you know everyone said, "Oh, he's like Jerome Bettis. He's a big power back." And I mean, he had a few yeah, good he was years. Big, all right. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was got big. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really, we wound up getting one of the best players in that draft with Le'Veon Bell. As much as I hate the way things ended with him, he was a really sure. good player for us. But, I mean, this is a really good and really deep running back class where, you know, you've got guys like Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift from Georgia, Dobbins, who you just mentioned, um, Edward Hilaire from LSU. Any of That's those four, yeah, any of those four could go in any order. Um, maybe one or two goes at the end of the first round. Um, I mean, maybe they all go in the second, but I'd say any of those four are viable, good picks that, that could be decent NFL players. I think Cam Akers from Florida State, who you just mentioned is a good player. Um, I think mm-hmm. a guy like Zach Moss from Utah, if he's there at 102 at the tail end of the third round, if we don't take a running back in the second, he's a very viable pick. Um, A.J. Dillon from Boston College is another good one. So, I mean, there's a lot of good running backs in this class and it's really just finding someone that fits what we need we talked about this a little bit last week that what we really need is someone who can be kind of that big play home run hitter um and you know Dobbins is definitely that if you saw his career at Ohio State um Taylor's got that breakaway speed Taylor's got some fumbling issues too um Edwards Hilaire's got a really nice well-rounded all-around game you know he's a decent receiver he can run he can run with speed he can run with power he can run up the middle um and the only thing we really I just don't need someone that can be doing, healthy because we had we had a revolving door at running back last year. The only thing I don't see Edward Hilaire doing is is taking up the blitz. I mean, he's just he's too small. Small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the, yeah. all these guys are small though. Five that's, seven two, five seven two hundred pounds though. That's he's he is small compared you're gonna to. You're going to get trucked. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, those four guys I mentioned, the only one taller than five ten and bigger than two fifteen is Taylor. He's yeah. he's like five ten and a half, two twenty six. The other guys are all shorter than five ten and all less than two fifteen. So and, and, I, uh, I like everything yeah. else about about Edwards Hilaire's game. I, I yeah. really do. I, that's the guy I really hope they take. I think that he's got tremendous balance. He's got breakaway speed. He's got good power. Uh, he, he's a pretty good receiver. I I like. Him I was really impressed with his, Yeah, with that. Yep. Uh, the the only. The only drawback he has is I just don't see him being a great a great blitz pickup guy, but that doesn't mean you know he couldn't he couldn't learn he couldn't become that yeah. guy, um, and I just think at at forty nine the value if he's there is too great to pass up, um, but you know he's not the only guy there. I mean obviously I right. did hear today that um, and I, I'm sorry to be skipping forward, but um, okay. I did hear today that. Colbert believes this is the best, the deepest, not the best, the deepest wide receiver class he's ever seen. He said it's quote unquote a little shallow at the top. Just basically, there's no mm-hmm. superstar talent available this year. 
but that uh, it's as deep as he's ever seen it. And that, I mean, basically my guy doesn't think they're going to take a wide receiver in the second. He thinks they'll take one on day three. They've had success there. They have. And, you know, I mean, I keep seeing names like uh, James, is it it Prochet? Is that how he he pronounces it there from SMU? Uh, Is is a guy they keep talking about. But, you know, the the one thing I would add just real quick on the running backs is that, um, and Ian, I think you and I were talking about this the other day, uh, Colbert and Tomlin did not go up to Madison. They did not go to Wisconsin's Pro Day this year. Um, And that's a school that they have had a, a pretty good presence at. Now, you can read into any of those things any you want to, but it was unusual to me because they also have some offensive linemen that are coming available as well um, in the draft. So I, I found that a little interesting that they, they didn't Yeah, go but. Oh, there's always uh, a but. Always a but. There is. They've got a relationship with Paul Chris that's already in place, and they can get Definitely. a lot of intel on those players yep. without ever having to visit the campus. I mean, granted, they probably wanted to do some more some more traveling this year and attend some Mm -hmm. more pro days and weren't able to do so and had to make some choices. And given the fact that I'm, again, I'm presuming, but you know, I know the relationship is there presuming that they had that Intel in place already. That's probably one of the pro days they went ahead and scratched. It's very possible. The fact that, that they were going to have, they were going to have a limited presence of pro days. They probably just went ahead and said, okay, we'll skip this one and we'll go to these. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think especially in light of the, you know, current situation within the, the, the country, I think it's very possible that, that that could be what they do. I just found it a bit interesting. Um, anything else on uh, running backs before I uh, shift us over to the wide receivers? The guy I really wanted was Travis Etienne from Clemson, but he went back to school. Man, yeah. what a, what a yeah. different draft this would be if he were in it, huh? But- he wouldn't have gotten out of the first round. I don't think. Do you? No, I don't either. No, no. that kid. Uh-huh. That kid is good. No. Yeah, I. I just. I don't think he would have gotten out of the first round. He. He was. In my mind, he was the only legitimate, definite first round pick, first round grade rather wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. The, the now, kid. That, that doesn't just say that that some somebody this year might not go late, in the first round, but. Mm-hmm. There are only about 20 or 21 guys teams are giving legitimate first round grades to. Right. That's true. It's not a, not very great at the top uh as some no, and, and it's like that every year. I mean if you get Seems if you be. get 25 or 26 guys with first round grades, you know, or 28, mm-hmm. you've got you've got a really good first round class. Uh most years it's it's in that 20 to 23 range where there are 20 to 23 guys that are legitimate first round guys and the rest are second rounders and you know if you're really lucky you get somebody who's got a second round value in the third this draft seems to me to be that type of draft where a guy uh, how do I want to say this? It, it's almost like there are guys you could easily see being drafted in the upper second round or you could actually be in see him being taken in the late third. I mean, it just seems like there's this huge clump of guys in that, you know, that late first, early second, all the way down to late third area, just because, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just seems it's so deep and it's been so difficult to evaluate. It just feels that way to me, but who knows? Um, 
as far as wide receivers, guys, I, I you know the the common thought here is that you've got C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma, Jerry Judy from Alabama, and his teammate Henry Ruggs III. They they seem to be your pretty dominant, definite first round guys. And then you know there's a handful of other guys in there. A T Higgins maybe jumps into the first. Uh, I am IU. not a fan of him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm I, not sold on him. Okay, and and he's okay. Uh, I, you know, I well, yeah. So so let's. I don't really want to talk about the top guys because I, I they're, they're <laughs> we're, we're not going to get them. So let's just leave, move on. So T Higgins out of Clemson. Okay, Clemson is. Let's put it this way: it's a factory right now. It, it, it is. is just pumping out pro prospects like crazy. Every position doesn't matter. Um, Ian, w- what about T. Higgins? Do you do you not like? I uh, he doesn't. He's tall, but he doesn't play physical. He he's soft on the ball, um, and it, he. Uh, Really, I saw the most of them, you know, in the playoffs and the t- the two games. But I mean, he right. he short armed some passes and seemed like he was. I mean, he was battling through injury, so he was going on and off pretty much every every time he got thrown the ball. He then got injured and had to go out, and he just I don't know. He didn't impress me um, very much. He doesn't use his size to his advantage like he could. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude's six four two fifteen. I mean, that's like. Uh, borderline Calvin Johnson size, but he doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously there's only one Calvin Johnson, but like he doesn't, he doesn't use his size to his advantage. You know, you've got guys that are are six, one, six, two that play bigger than him. Um, And, and really I'll tell you the guy I like is Michael Pittman from USC. Um, That dude is big Big, and he's tough. Yeah. Um, But he's not, he's not the guy who's going to take the top off of the defense. No, he has not that guy. No, no, you're right. He's he's, I don't want to call him an X receiver because he's not a real sharp route runner. He's a good high ball guy, yeah. you know, high point the ball really well. Um, so he's going to be good on long throws, but more than anything, he just does all the dirty work. And I'm yeah. just, I'm not sure if we don't already have those guys, you know, that are willing <laughs> got to do two all of them the dirty at least, work. maybe three. Yeah, um, he, another, he checks a lot of Steeler boxes. Pittman. He does, yeah, and he's a high character yeah. guy too. On yep. top of that. Yeah. A um, couple other names I was kind of looking at. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Um, he he does a lot of a lot of little things, too. I mean, he kind of did everything for Minnesota's passing game. It, he he flashed a lot on tape. Um, mm-hmm. Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan's a guy that similarly, you know, kind of checks a lot of boxes for the Steelers. Mark, you could probably talk more about him than I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a deep draft with guys all the way down the board, you know, that are going to be available in the later rounds, too. What about and you guys will be able to talk more, uh, Ian? Especially you is KJ Hamler. Is he lining up to just be another Dre Archer? No, um, no. He's got he's Dre Archer was all straight line speed. Dre Archer was a track guy, right? Yeah. If you ran him in a straight line and nobody touched him, he nobody was you know he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna run away from people. But if someone so much has got a fingernail on his shoelace, he was going down. Um, yeah. Or if he had to change directions, he had no no lateral speed or agility. Um, and it pains me every time I watch Kansas City because Tyreek oh, Hill is what we wanted Dre Archer to be. I mean, he's a little guy. He's got insane speed. But Tyreek Hill can maintain speed through breaks and through cuts is the yeah. big difference there. Um, but kind of Hamler, a scumbag, though. Uh, yeah, well, a little more yeah. than kind of. Yeah. Um, 
Hamler Hamler is fast and can also he's also a decent route runner. Mm-hmm. My concerns about him are he's on the shorter end. He's under five ten. I think he's only like five nine. Um, but he's he's a body catcher too. He lets the ball get into his mm-hmm. chest and he doesn't he doesn't go up and grab the ball with his hands. Um, I mean he's a he's a fast guy that can take the top off the coverage, but. He doesn't. He doesn't snatch the ball away from his body. Mm-hmm. He lets it get into his chest more. Um, and I watched a lot of Penn State this year, and um, yeah, that's that's my concern with him. Sure, I, I think he could yeah. be a good slot receiver, um, but he's he's not going to fight off guys either. You know, there was that game against Minnesota. Penn State Twitter was kind of screaming about pass interference calls on, um, you know, that Hamler was basically getting mauled on a couple of Antoine Winfield's interceptions, um, which was true, but also he just doesn't have the size to fight through that either. Um, Winfield, we'll talk about defense next week, but Winfield's a guy I would love to have back in our secondary. (laughs) That guy guy can ball. Well, you you mentioned slot, and, and, you know, A lot of people are talking Jalen Rieger, this kid from TCU, uh, to the Steelers, and he's another guy that checks a lot of boxes. Uh, Dad's a former NFL player and all these other things. I I mean, Ben, doesn't this team have enough slot guys? Don't don't we need somebody that can take the top off? Is that what we really need here? What what they need, but I I don't think they're going to get. They might. They might if if they get a guy like a Mike Wallace, they could get that guy in the third round uh, who who just you know, rips the top off the top mm-hmm. of, and all he runs is nines and sevens. Yeah. He runs go routes and posts and <laughs> nothing but, <laughs> and all he does is run hard and take the top off a of D and, you know, that might work that, you know, that could be the thing. Uh, you get a couple completions to that guy over the course of the game and you scare the defense and now they got to start paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did this, they did that with Sammy Coates. For crying out loud. I mean, yeah. What's what's Sammy done since he left? Nothing. Um, well, he was in the XFL, I think, wasn't he trying? Or the A? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in XFL. one of them. Yeah, he was indeed. Uh, yeah. Although I mean, such a likable guy. His his problem was his fingers got destroyed. Not really anything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just kind of looking quickly through this wide receiver class, since we mentioned, yeah. you know, you want guys who can who can run. Um, so there was, let's see here, there was five guys that ran uh, sub four fours at the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Ruggs from Alabama, Denzel Mims from Baylor, who's another one that a lot of people seem to like. Yeah. Um, Antonio Gibson from Memphis, um, Devin Dervani from Texas. And Quez Watkins from Southern Miss. So some of those guys aren't household names that are probably going to be those kind of guys who are available later on. Um, you know, take a Quez Watkins from Southern Miss ran a four point three five at the yeah. combine. Um, yeah. you know, six one one eighty five or no, sorry, not six one six yeah. foot one eighty five. That's like right in the Steelers range. They love right. those guys who are like five eleven one eighty five one ninety. Like that's yeah. that's right in their wheelhouse. They, they yeah. He's so that guys. that's a guy you could pick up. You know, yeah, you can pick up in the third or fourth round and would rip the top off of defenses, and that's that's kind of what they, need. in my opinion, that's what they need. They they need oh, more athleticism at the skill positions where I think they're a little slow, frankly. Um, I mean, they've got Johnson, who is a really accomplished, really gifted route runner. He is. They've got Juju, who's kind of a jack of all trades, and yeah, he's running away from some guys, but it's not like he's a guy who gets a ton of separation when he runs routes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then they got Washington, who, you know, he's real steady. He he doesn't lose acceleration when it gets downfield, but it's not like he's a burner. And they need somebody, be it a running back or a wide receiver, who's a threat because they need to open up the middle of the field. And when you, you've got safeties that are real comfortable with the fact that you don't have a home run hitter, they're going to crowd the box. They're going to make it difficult to run, which makes it easier to do all kinds of things to confuse the quarterback. We saw it all last year. They ran run blitzes because they weren't concerned about, about getting thrown over the top on those uh, because the safety could just come in and cover for the linebackers. Uh, you can't run because you've got safeties and linebackers now in the middle. Mm-hmm. It, it just creates a lot of problems for you. Uh, and the quarterback play just compounded all of that. So the quarterback piece is probably going to solve itself, given the fact that Ben is coming back. But they need that home run hitter somewhere at one of those skill positions. The the before I move to tight end, the the Gibson kid from Memphis is interesting because he one one of the knocks on him, and I don't really like to use the term knock, but he he doesn't really have a position. Um, they used him kind of all over the place at Memphis, uh, running back. They used him on a ton of like jet sweep type stuff, um, blazing speed. He's a track guy, hundred meter guy, um, and just kind of came out of nowhere this year. So he's, he's kind of a fascinating guy that, yeah, you know, like you're saying could take the top off. And as a guy, maybe you find in the third or the fourth round. So who, who knows, but I I'm, I'm with you. They need a burner. They need somebody that can that can open things up a little bit. And uh, whether or not they can find them this year, we don't know. Um, just real quick before we move to tight ends, don't forget we are uh, sponsored by Deck Roofing, which, uh, of course, serves Broward County and the southern Palm Beach counties of Florida. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting their website, deckroofing.com. Um is there any tight end that, I mean, well, let me rephrase. The fact that we've got Ebron now in the fold, does that pretty much take tight end out of the picture here now, Ian, or what do you think? So this is not a very good class for tight ends. Um, it there's sucks. A, it's there's terrible. A, it's not there's good. Definitely not it's one a going shit in. class. You've got yeah. Cole Komet and you've got uh, Adam Troutman who – looks pretty good and that's it yeah i i kind of like troutman i i would say there's not gonna i'll go out on a moderate limb here because this isn't really going Mm -hmm. out on a limb Mm -hmm. but not only is there not gonna be a tight end taken in the first round i don't think there's gonna be one taken in the top 50 if the steelers wanted a tight end they could have their choice to this class but they went out and signed ebron because they didn't like this class um i mean they could steelers fans would probably be over the moon if they got thaddeus moss son of randy moss Mm -hmm. uh, pun intended uh you know in the fourth round or so um he's gonna be a day three uh, guy and i'll I'll bet you he goes in the fifth or sixth or seventh it wouldn't shock me yeah there's there's really no one in this class that's all that good and i would i would take moss at that point simply because he blocks the, he he's a pretty good blocker, and I don't know he's that an undersized tight end, Mark. He's not. No, no, but... I know. But what I'm saying is, if you look at what the Steelers have right now, I mean, Vance McDonald is their best blocker, and I don't even know how good of a blocker he is. I don't think he's that great of a blocker. Personally. He was not good last year. No, and and I'm just uh, all I'm saying he's is been that... better. Don't get me wrong; he's been better, oh, yeah, and yeah. and I'm sure he's got the ability still. It's not like it just went away. But right, yeah, right. last year was not good. 
it, and and I look, you and I can go right now and block as well as Zach Gentry can. All right. <laughs> so so what I'm saying is, if Moss was sitting there in the sixth round and they took him, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I would just be like, okay, got your blocking tight end. There we go. Because he he is a good blocker. I th- I was very impressed. I didn't think he was that good, but I was I was pretty impressed with him. Um, what what just if Komet? Yeah. One thing to remember here when we're talking about draft picks, we have two fourth rounders, but no fifth rounder. So yeah, that's a good um, point. that was part of the, the Minka trade was we swapped Miami's fourth for our fifth. So we moved up right. in the fourth this year. So um, just, you know, when you're saying fifth round, we mm-hmm. don't currently have a fifth round pick. We got two fourths, but then we good don't pay again. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good, good correction. I'll just say second fourth. Let's just leave it at that. There we uh, can, can we move to offensive line then? Cause I, I I'm with you guys. I, I don't like this draft class and I, I don't really see them uh, feeling like they need to pick one anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Silence is golden. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, you know, I forgot this Steelers offensive line is now the oldest in the NFL. What? Yes. Yeah. It's the Pouncey. oldest line in the NFL now. Isn't that crazy? pouncey has been there for 10 years. DeCastro has been there for what? Seven now. It's yeah. Yeah. And I guess Al, Al is an old guy. I knew yeah, right. That, his, but... He doesn't have the years, but he's, he's got the age. Yeah. He doesn't have the mileage on his body, but he's got the age. Right. Yeah, that kind of that makes more sense, but well, was what Nooski's I'm what I'm getting at is yeah, Wisniewski's over thirty. Uh, are we overthinking this? Is is offensive line perhaps what they're looking at at forty nine? Well, it's certainly in the mix. I mean, yeah. they need they've got a hole at left guard for sure, and. They may have a hole at right tackle if they decide that they're going to move Filer over to, to left guard. Right. Um, so, you know, for certain, one of well, those spots needs to be filled. Uh, I I still keep hearing that they want Chukes to be the left tackle of the future. So huh. what I think they're going to end up doing is trying to, again, this year, trying again mm-hmm, to give him mm-hmm. the right tackle spot, but he's going to have to beat Banner out to get it. And that presumes that they're going to move Filer over to guard, yep. which I, I think they're going to end up doing. I think, you know, if they take a player this year for O-line, it'll either be a tackle or a center. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that if they take one high, it's a center. But, you know, that's my well, dream scenario. I've been talking about that since yeah. February. Well, we we all know that the one thing that they covet is position flexibility on the line. Right. And one of the things when I evaluate the off and the interior guys is I find a guard that I really really like and then I see that's all he does. He doesn't play center or anything else. And so I go over and I look at the centers and I'm like, "All right, here we go. We got some really good centers." But none of them have played guard. Now that doesn't mean they can't, you know, they they can. They can move over. It's possible. But I just don't see that one guy with that really uh, uh, proven experience of, of flexibility. And that's what worries me. But, you know, again, it wouldn't be the first time that they've taught a guy to be able to, to do it on the fly. Um, you know, there, there are some really good guys here, you know, Shane Lemieux out of Oregon, Bredesen from Michigan, uh, Mooty, uh, Fresno State, Stenberg is a guy I see mocked 
to the Steelers a lot, kid out of uh, Kentucky. You know, so th- there's a lot of opportunities there if you're talking interior. Uh, would you pull the, the trigger on, on Cushenberry out of LSU, the center, at 49? Not at 49, but later on, yeah. yeah I, I like him a lot. Um, I, I was going to say he's, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd pull it at 49, but maybe in the third round, yeah. If if you like him a lot, you've got to take him at 49 because you're not going to get him at 102. Right, That's he's true. not going to be there. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I agree. And I, um, you know, there are other guys. I mean, Isaiah Wilson. That he's dude's a tackle. beast. He's, I could see him going in the first round, though. I mean, that dude's a monster. He played tackle and guard. Yep. Um, the kid from TCU, Nyang. Nyang, yep. yeah. Yep. I, I would definitely consider that at 49, and I think he's got some flexibility there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the well, kid from Wisconsin, too. He's. Oh, I think yeah. he's played both center and guard. Beatas? Um, Beatas, yeah. 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 So, yeah. there are – a number of guys there and I forgot to mention before when we were talking about the guys that they had in in the fold already they like Derwin Gray yes they think that he has potential long-term potential at guard he was a tackle in college but they have moved him to guard permanently and he's a guard now so you know we'll see uh I don't I don't know what's going to happen there he may just be a depth player for a long time who knows but they seem to think that they have a little more there than we do. Um, yeah. And, you know, they are the professionals, so I will <laughs> defer to them on that subject. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Wilson, the kid from Georgia. Um, he He's really intriguing. I mean, he's, he's a redshirt sophomore, um, had some injury issues. I mean, there are some scouts that, that and I think, Ian, you alluded to it, that just think this guy's going to be a stud. And then there's other people that are like, they just don't know what they're going to get out of him, and and they don't know if he's worth taking. You know, I, I mean, it's really polarized. he's a little bit of a plotter. I would never ever even consider putting him at left tackle. Oh no! But at right tackle, no. at right tackle, at right tackle, that guy could be your starter for ten years. Yeah, and he's a he's a mauler. I mean, he he's is. a guy. He's got plays on his tape where he takes linebackers and defensive ends and just throws them five yes. yards down the field. I mean, <laughs> he, he it looks is a like fun tape to watch. He looks like one of these guys, like like uh, I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit when I say this, but Tyron Smith, when he gets his hands on you, it's over. Yeah. If, he, if he's got his grip on you, it's over. It's it's done. And Wilson is like that. He's so strong and so big that even though he's a little bit of a plotter. Once he's got you, it's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I just I'm so fascinated by this draft because of guys like him. Um, we all know that there are guys that that are projected second and they end up in the first. There are guys projected first, they end up in the second, and or third. he just or, you know, or third. <laughs> Matt well, Wilson, yeah, fourth round lock. Yeah. Yep, fourth That's, round of the yep Bengals or Browns, one of the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I you know I, I don't I don't think they go tackle. I I tend to think if they're going to go offensive line, it's definitely going to be more along the interior. But um, well, that's the but, thing but, with Wilson; he could play guard or tackle. Yeah, yeah, he does give you that um, <laughs> that versatility. And you mentioned Yang from from TCU. There's there's yeah. a lot of people real high on him too. Well, and, and that's um, all about that's all about his you know we were talking before about coaches thinking that they can they can coach a guy up Mm -hmm. um that's about 
his ability, his feet, basically, what they think he can be, because he looks really, really raw, but super athletic. And it's like, well, you know, know the right coaching, this guy, Mm -hmm. hmm, he really could be. (laughs) So that they're projecting that. I mean, it's like the wide receiver Ian was talking about earlier. He's got all these, all these intangibles and and tangibles, but he doesn't use any of them. And so coaches look at that and they're like, yeah, that guy, if I could just (laughs) coach him up to use the natural gifts he has, he would be stellar. But that isn't to say that, that he's the right guy. I mean, I, I think that intelligence, football intelligence, if you will, Mm -hmm in wide receivers is really underrated and yeah, they're divas and yeah, a lot of them don't practice hard and, you know, think they're God's gift and everything else, but dummies don't last at that position. And if you find a guy who's got those abilities, but hasn't been coached up and he's smart, you can get a good deal there. If you get a guy who has all those natural gifts but doesn't use them because he's dumb, well, guess what? <laughs> it is, you, yeah. you wasted a draft pick. It ain't going to happen. And, you know, none of us really know no. what these guys, you know, no. what those abilities are. So it's kind of hard to judge, especially given that there's been limited – there have there's limited information yeah, out there this crazy. Year because yep. – because of the fact that these guys aren't getting interviewed as much or or as in depth as they have in years past, you're just not going to get the rumors. I mean, this is the first year I can remember where there wasn't a lot of a ton of disinformation released in the last couple of weeks before the draft, where we were all going, "Yeah, well, I heard this, but it could be BS, right. and it probably is." So you know, take it with a, a couple of grains of salt. Uh, you know, it just isn't yeah. happening this year because there's just not that much information out there. There's not enough. There's not enough to make something up by taking a shred of the truth and twisting it. No, that's very true. Which is what it's they just, usually do. Yeah, so unique uh, this this year. Um, guys, we're going to wrap things up here on the show, and uh, just a reminder: um, we're cranking out the uh, uh, prospect profiles all the time here at, at steelcityblitz.com. We, we added uh, Denzel Mims and um, uh, Zach Moss, the running back from Utah uh, recently. And there's, there's more coming. Ian's got all of the uh, positional previews coming out a couple each day. So plenty of draft content going on right now at the website. So make sure you stop by and check that out. Um, and of course, follow us on Facebook, dot com slash steel city blitz and also at or on twitter at sc blitz for uh ian and ben this is steel dad signing off on the steel city blitz steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated oh and hey go steelers raven suck, raven suck. <laughs>